This is Gam Chat. My name is Greg. I'm McCoy. And I'm Dee. We're three Filipino gay guys trying to make sense of anything and everything in the world today. Welcome to our podcast. This is a special episode that we're doing today. It's to address the March 16th mass shooting slash terrorist attack, because it was a terrorist attack, targeting Asian American woman in Atlanta, Georgia. McCoy, what are some of the facts? So eight people, including six Asian women, were shot dead in three Metro Atlanta spas on March 16th. The shooter responsible for all three shootings was arrested about 150 miles south of Atlanta, and the shooter told investigators he was headed to Florida and was going to, quote, going to do more acts there. So he's planning to shoot and kill more? Yes. (sighs) All right, so what is our initial reaction to this? It's upsetting, but I don't like saying I'm not surprised, but that's just the truth because I felt like it was headed in this direction. Are you talking about the mass shooting part or specifically the targeting Asian? Both. Yeah. I mean, there have been uh, violent attacks towards Asian Americans in different cities. What's stopping someone from actually picking up picking up a, gu- a gun and escalating it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was just thinking about this. Um, I think I heard some studies that have shown a 150% increase of Asian American hate crimes mm-hmm. to even like, I think New York had over a thousand percent increase, maybe over close to 2000% increase of hate crimes against targeting Asians. And that's New York. Yeah, that's New York. And San Francisco is getting hit a lot too. And majority of the incidents in San Francisco are elderly Asians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like we mentioned on our last episodes about the no fats, no femmes, no Asians, majority of the incidents are like people just walking mm-hmm. by minding their own businesses and then getting shoved or getting pushed, lashed. It's all over the news, but this is the biggest one that's hit so far. Yeah. Like you, I wasn't really shocked that it happened. Yeah. It was just more of like as every detail unfurled, that's when I'm like, wait what like it hit me more and more it's like you're holding your breath for next shoe to drop like what's gonna be next where is it gonna be next and the thing is san francisco new york how about other areas where people actually actually don't report being attacked because they're scared yeah which i'm sure it's a lot of different places yeah it's, i was thinking about this it's almost like we got hit twofold in the u.s it's one is the hate crimes and racism and then mass shootings like we got hit twice well actually no we got hit once but different degrees it's like increasing degrees of violence yeah it was it was, it was a build-up yeah it's unfortunate that even the u.s it's like the inevitable that there's gonna be mass shooting mm-hmm. and it is gonna target a minority community yeah. whether it's a black church yeah or a jewish center i think they even attacked a jewish school i did also see in an article that he actually got his license for his gun the same day oh really i think it's only here in the u.s who were having incessant violent acts that the guns are like the main weapon that they're using other countries i don't think is having the same problems as we are it's not to the extent that we we have it because every time there's a shooting a mass shooting um lawmakers will try to uh put up laws to strengthen background checks etc and then some politicians will say oh it's not the time for that it's never the time for that so if it if that's not the time for it when is the right time they always accuse one side of playing politics with mass shootings actually no they're trying to prevent it 
And it also seems like mass shootings are either targeted against children or minorities, minority group. Yeah. And that's not always the case. Remember the Vegas mass shooting? Yeah. That was like, that was like I think a country music yeah. festival. Yeah. So no one is off that mass shooting list that we see it in our in the Asian American community. Yeah. So after this incident happened, how did the media respond to it? I was following the news. Right when I heard it, I was making my breakfast. I had it playing back in the NPR. When I started working, I kind of had like a like a small video feed in the corner of my desktop that I was just watching it. Uh, a lot of the media responses right now, sadly, is really centered on the perpetrator, mm-hmm. not on the victims. the victims themselves. Yes, we got the names. Uh, the stories of their backgrounds are now coming in, but you know, it took more digging rather than the facts that we know about the shooter himself. Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. We have his um, picture, his personal information, his background, his health, his mental, like all of that is already out there. And the media is just taking a while to like, oh, we don't want to release the names yet. I mean, they took a while to just say like it was mainly Asians and commit to the story that it is a hate crime. We're still waiting for that, right? Where it's still not official hate crime. Yeah. So what what did they find out about the sh- the shooter's motive? That was covered in media as well. The preliminary information indicates that the shooting could relate to the shooter's claims of potential sex addiction, and that's according to the Cherokee County authorities. He told investigators he saw this pause as a temptation that he had to eliminate. Temptation. Yeah. So I think going back to what you're saying, D, is about the hate crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like the media is covering in two different ways. It's not just the media. It's a, uh, There's been a backlash, especially with Captain Jay Baker. He was the spokesperson who went on live TV and just made some statements that really angered everyone. Yeah. You know, when I heard this, I sent you guys a screen cap right away of the video. His words were, he said he was pretty much fed up. He was at the end of his rope. And yesterday was just really a bad day for him. Yeah. And to minimize what happened and then shift the focus on him and almost like he wanted us to feel bad about what he did. Yeah. And he's just like another, you know, like boys will be boy. Oh, he's mm-hmm. a young man who's troubled kind of thing. That's how he, he spun the story instead of like really focusing and and really hearing how devastating it was for the family. Yeah. Well, why did he even have to divulge that information when it's just so new? Like, didn't he just got that some new information in his assessment? This it was his assessment, right? This captain's assessment that he had just had a bad day, right? Yeah. That's how I heard it. I was like, a bad fucking day? Like, how much are they going to give these white boys? Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but, you know, these white men and these white boys almost like compassion and a little bit you know or the way it's framed i felt like the news had been delivered honestly by a person of color or another asian american on the police force that's what i think yeah i just don't like how the way he framed it you know like it's one about delivering facts and information or a way of framing it in a way where you show some sympathy something to the shooter yeah i don't understand that part but here's the thing it's like I, it makes me wonder if the shooter wasn't white what words would he be using? True. I know that's what I think a lot of people were saying on, well, on social media. Well, it would media. be what we always hear. He's a monster. Criminal terrorist. Even probably a mental 
disorder would not be would not even be entertained entertained it could just be like you know something about hate no, they saved the mental um illness to the white boys yeah they saved that for him don't they they always save him for like oh he had a bad day like he just he's a mass shooter yeah he's a terrorist yeah I think, yeah, I think, was it recently the um, government agency did release that domestic terrorism, like white supremacy, was the most, or one of the biggest threats in the U.S.? And this is an example. Yeah. Well, this is not, this is one of the examples. One of the many examples. I'm also thinking about, how do you guys feel when the Atlanta police or announced that it was sex addiction versus a hate crime. It's upsetting. Why? I mean, if you have a sex addiction, you seek help. You don't shoot up a place. That's you know what this another thing too is like you know how like white boy excuses like I've never heard that like out of the aftermath. Oh, sex addiction. It's it's sex addiction. I mean, I have things in my mind that could be addictive, but I'm not gonna go and, you know, be violent towards other people. It's a running theme that the blame is shifted somewhere else. Yeah. It's like they're not just really able to own up to anything. Mm, yeah. Their own actions. Accountability is lacking. The police saying like, he was having a bad day. That's shifting the blame to something else that, yeah. oh, something triggered him to have that reaction. Yeah. Him having the sexual addiction that he needed to get rid of the source it's again blaming something else it's not just like really ownership he of had what, no control what happened over it. he has sex addiction but when i'm mad i you know i don't just do that i also was thinking about our previous episode about um no fats femmes no asians episode mm-hmm. two weeks ago and i was thinking about how we were talking about minority bodies the physical bodies and how they're objectified yeah how our bodies are fetishized into something that has less of value in this world and i feel like this sex addiction idea is he did see these women these asian women as sex objects or something of lesser value that he could dominate and control so I also feel like it ties into that. But at the end result, it, it, he was fetishizing Asian women to a point, and that is discrimination. Yeah. And he was, a, he was targeting specifically these women. And I always find the police, whether you're in L.A., in a major city, or in the rural area, they always have an issue or problem trying to frame what a hate crime is. Yeah. And so they, I feel like they didn't want to call it a hate crime. And also, once they did release that information of what kind of uh, places these were, I, I felt like the narrative like changed. It's kind of like saying, well, okay, are they at fault for this? No one deserves that, though. Like, first of all, it's it has nothing to do with what they did. Yeah. You know, I mean, those places exist for a reason. And sex work is work. They have, with the pandemic that's happening, they have to survive somehow. Also, their statuses. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know because they have these struggles. Like that, that, those are the layers that they have to peel. Is that their sex work? We don't know their status in this country. Like those are the struggles that they're covering. Obviously, they're not going to run to the authorities if something happens to them because they have the, these things going against them. It's almost like when that information came out, it's like they were trying to even lessen like. They're not really victims because of things that, that were happening and they were doing because of this and that. You know, so it's another... Blame the victim. Shift, like, let's, oh, you know, like, it's almost yeah. like certifying what he did was like, okay, it's justified. I was watching yesterday about, uh, watching the Bill Maher show on HBO Max. 
this was interesting. H, um, Bill Murray, he's a, a white male, and he was talking to two panelists about this situation. None of them are Asian. Um, and he was asking, he was, he was bringing up the topic and saying, well, if it's sex addiction, then it's not a hate crime. Like, why are people so quick to say it's a hate crime um, when it's just sex addiction? Well, who's saying that? Bill Maher uh-huh. on his show. Wait, was it just like put put the question out there or making a statement? Well, he was making a statement. But yeah, he was saying it. So how did you guys feel about hearing that? Like, like how does the media coverage cover this? You know, and is it a hate crime? And I want to be fair. Um, maybe the police didn't want to jump to conclusion because they don't know the motives for sure yet and prematurely um, labeling a crime a certain way could affect the investigation and even the trial so maybe that's why authorities are a little bit more careful but how about media though the media is, is are making is like the jury out on this or some of them are saying that it's just sex addiction that this is not a hate crime but is it confirmed that it's just sex addiction and not a hate crime well the let's just say what the media is saying based on that okay let's stick to it is sex addiction mm-hmm. there are two things that he did he targeted first asian mm-hmm. people po people of color and then he also targeted women yeah so hate crime I would think is the basis of that with a minority group and either like your sex, sexual orientation or gender. Well, a, a hate crime, if your, if your crime is motivated by hatred towards a group or something like that, then it's a hate crime. But just because you shot up a group of people who happen to be, let's say, Asian, but your motivation is because they did something to you but they weren't happened to be asian they were asian specifically he was targeting right? no but we're, we're going back to the motivation right like bill maher said if it's se- if, it, if it's a sex addiction it's not a crime but no sex being sex, being having a sex addiction is not a crime um shooting up a place is a crime my issue with bill maher i'm gonna come out here and my issue just in media and and platforms that are led by white males platforms that don't have diverse voices my issue with them is that they don't know or have the knowledge about the whole scope about the asian american journey the history or in that hate crimes that targeting the asian american community goes back to the beginning to like you know with the chinese workers um railroad workers and i feel like asian i feel like a lot of uh, because there's a lack of diversity and the lack of understanding of the Asian community, they always seem to frame it. They don't want to frame it in a certain way. Yeah. And it pissed me off that there was no Asians talking about this on the panel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And also, I feel like a lot of crime targeting in the Asian community in the U.S. Mm-hmm. has been sometimes a lot of it very more more subtle mm-hmm. than other groups yeah. and other populations where it's been through either like policy that's not it's indirectly targeting asian americans or that they don't want to claim that it's a hate crime against asian americans because hate isn't it's not like a, a concrete box yeah and so they don't want to prove that it is if you look at all the hate crimes that happen against asian americans dating way back when you have to look at the context of the environment that that was going on politically and socially. Yeah. So right now we have hate crimes that 
it's targeting Asian populations by what over a thousand percent in some cities to a hundred and fifty percent more than ever before. I think you have to look at that context too, and I think a lot of these white hosts don't understand that. And I was also thinking about: Are you guys so familiar with Vincent Chen, the killing of Vincent Chen in the early 1980s? So this is a good example that made me reflect and think back to this moment. And I think there's some some similarities to Vincent Chen. Vincent Chen was a Chinese um, American in Detroit, and the, he died in 82, 1982. And during this time, there was a lot of anti-Japanese, anti-Asian rhetoric because of the Japanese automotive industry, which changed the whole economy of Detroit. So Detroit in the US was like the main place to build automotive industry. And as the Japanese automotive industry had to build up, they started closing plants in Detroit. And so there was a lot of anti-Asian rhetoric. There was even a clip of Americans destroying cars with sledgehammers of Japanese cars to show like their hate during this time. So Vincent Chen, Asian-American, went to a strip joint in Detroit for his bachelor party. He ran into two automobile workers. One was, I think, uh, laid off because of what was happening. They got in a fight. They, they were saying racist slurs at, at Vincent Chen, and they ended up killing him. So these two individuals killed him and they served zero prison time. They had probation for three years, but no jail time. And there was these two filmmakers that made a documentary about Vincent Chen, the killing of Vincent Chen. And after the end of the documentary, you're like, well, is it a hate crime? Because they're saying it's not a hate crime. But then if you look at the, what was the climate of Detroit during that time, that dropped the seed that um, it is okay to take the life of this Chinese American, then you kind of understand the full context of the scope of it. And I think this is happening now with the Atlanta shooting. Asian American hate crimes are up. Let's just say, like, let's be honest about this. Trump said it was a China virus. And people warned him not to say it because it was going to drop a seed in everyone's head that Asian Americans are to blame. And they're okay to blame or they're okay to hurt. So I feel like this is just history repeating itself. But I do think there's some difference between the time of Vincent Chen into now, which I think changes things a little bit more. Our current president and vice president have spoken out against Asian American hate crimes. Yeah. They're actually saying Asian American hate crimes is not acceptable. And it's, it's heartfelt and it's genuine. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember Trump read a statement about Asian Americans too, but felt manufactured. Like, they're like, you have to read this. And he read it. Do you, do you remember that? I vaguely, because I, I just didn't I believe it, because it's a lie, because he keeps... But that's the thing, it's like, to do he, it. he read it so, like, to cover his ass. Like, someone told him, you have to read this. Yeah. yeah. And he read it, like he was reading a speech, but he didn't really feel it, because he doesn't really care, because that's how he speaks to his base, and that's how he gets his base riled up. But there's up. consequences. Like, your speech, like, his speech for over a year has consequences on our, on our community. This is, like, the perfect example... Um, of the fact that your words have consequences. So you have to choose your words wisely. Yeah, but right now what's happening, the consequences are not directed towards him. Oh, definitely not. It's directed towards the people he, he chose to blame for something. And I think this is the consequence. I do think I put this on Trump as well. I think. You know, the thing is, 
he he messed up the handling of the coronavirus pandemic here in the U.S., right? And he knows that, but he wanted to blame someone else so that he could look good and say, well, I didn't bring this. China brought this. It's a China virus. It's not our problem. Yeah. So don't blame me. Blame them. But then, does he, do you think that he understands that because that... You, he doesn't care. You drop a seed of hate in your speech. Yeah. And this is the consequences. He understands that. For sure he understands that. He's not stupid. He understands that. He just doesn't care because it, uh, it's a dog whistle to his, to his base and to his voters. Do you think that Trump has some, some ownership of what's happening? Yes. Yes. It's not some. It's not just some. A good amount of this. A good amount. And along with the politicians that just kiss his ass because they're scared of what he's going to say about them come election time. So now that we talk about, like, I guess, political figures, how is, on the politics side, how are political figures talking about it? I mean, we talked about Biden and Harris have came out, even before Atlanta shooting, that the hate crimes of Asian Americans is high and we need to stop it. What have been hearing, on the, I guess, on the, from political leaders? I think the House, the House did a hearing, right? regarding the shooting and also Asian-American attacks on Asian-Americans. I know there's a congressman from Texas, I believe, who used his time to speak to attack China and that he was saying that he was basically saying this is covered by free speech, whatever was being said about Asian-Americans. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but yelling fire in a crowded theater, that's not covered by free speech. That's not protected. It is not. So I think this is similar. You are putting this idea in people's mind that it's okay to harm Asian-Americans, yet you claim, oh, this is just free speech. You are encouraging violence. And I don't think that's covered by free speech protection. This is, this is I think, a tough time for all communities. But yeah. how do we move forward on this? I think it's about time that we, we speak up and we fight back. And when I say fight back, I don't mean with violence. I think we have to claim our space and, and make it known that we exist and we're not going anywhere. And we have rights. Rights to live in peace and not fear violence just because you're walking down the street. And I think um, some of us were raised by parents who lived in societies where they feared the police because police were used in certain countries, even now, to repress dissenting opinions, to arrest opposition leaders and politicians and even students that don't agree with the government. So a lot of those parents told their kids, you know, don't, don't make any trouble, don't make any noise, just go to school, go to work. Just be that model citizen, immigrant. I don't know. I think it's time that we protect each other and we support each other and we speak mm, up. Yeah. Because we, we can't expect support from other communities when we don't support each other. We have to start, we have to start with ourselves and our community. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think also about like self-care right now. Yeah. You know, make sure that you are one mentally okay. And then also to own those feelings, if you're Asian American right now, the feeling of either anger or disgust and all those things like to really own it versus do the asian american way just toss yeah. your emotions to the side and yeah. like no no i'm not gonna deal with this at least that's what i do sometimes um but just to 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 acknowledge it to acknowledge the pain knowledge the hurt and then mm -hmm.
continue to use your voice to say like, hey, I'm upset by this and everybody should be too. And we should hold congressperson from Texas who yeah. who were saying what you were talking about, McCoy, and he, I think he also included lynching, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, which is weird. Uh, I could not even believe I was hearing he was, talking, he was talking about lynching as a way of justice, which is, yeah. that's just white supremacy. Let's be honest about that. To voice our opinions outwardly and also to reach out to our representatives to say, this is a problem and you need to address it. And it doesn't matter if you're Asian American or not, you should hold people accountable. I think we can, we can agree majority of it, or the older generation do not see the inequality imbalance that, you know, when they say, when we say Black Lives Matter is, this is what it means. And now that it's on us, like, it's not a separate of that. We still support that. The goal of that is that equality really for everyone. And now they can see that, hey, they're getting targeted. We're getting targeted too. What is it about this? And what is the common, you know, what is the common core of yeah. Yeah. all these attacks, all these hate crimes? And it is racial injustice. Like, I hope they see that now that, oh, it can affect us too. So we really need to support each other, really yeah. voice out. Oh, we really need to support each other all together because we're trying to fight one common thing, and it's racism. Well, thank you for joining our special episode. Um, if you'd like to leave a comment, let us know your own thoughts on how to move forward after this incident. Um, let us know. You can reach us at... On social media, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and CuriousCat at Gamchat Podcast. You can also send us an email to gamchatpodcast at gmail.com. So thank you for joining us. If you haven't noticed, we are actually filming this outside, so there's a lot of background noise. This is our first physically yes. distance episode. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Have a good one. <laughs>